It's another day of Ramadan. You know what that means. Another episode of Tell Them I Am. I'm Misha Youssef. So in making this show, I've been thinking a lot about how the Quran was passed down orally and how this oral tradition spread to Persia and India with the spread of Islam. And it inspired a whole form of storytelling called Dastan Goi. Dastan Goi is literally the art of telling a good story out loud. No music, no visuals. Your only tool to really engage people is your voice. It's simple. But imagine how good you have to be without any marimbas or mallets. It's like acapella. You just have me. In the 13th century, Dastan goes would stand on street corners. Sometimes they'd lay on a chaise in an opium house. And they would tell these tales. Stories passed down to them. Stories they made up. Some stories would become so popular that people would request them. Like blockbuster hits of Dastan Goey. You know, I never knew why I got into podcasting. Like, I love it. But I didn't really have an origin story. But when I heard about the tradition of Dasan Goi, I felt it in my bones. This tradition of people literally telling stories out loud is a part of my story. I mean, how wild is it that that's what I do with my life? I know that as long as I have a voice, I can tell a story. And as long as I can tell a story... I have a voice. Well, my name is Azar, and uh, it means December, actually, in um, old ancient Persian Zoroastrian name. My last name is Nafisi. I am a teacher, a reader, and a writer. I'm not exaggerating when I say that I have survived a war and a revolution and exile through books. It's 1979, the year of the revolution. Azar is in her late 20s, and she lands her first real teaching job at a university in Tehran. It was a very small one, and the classes were also small, but uh, entrance to university was a huge iron door. On the other side of the iron door is a beautiful garden. I think it must have been some ancient aristocrat's garden. There was this uh, amazing blaze of color with a green background to it. Um, There were these really old ancient trees. Then you had all these different flowers. It it is really amazing, apart from the birds, I, I feel it as if it was very quiet. A perfect backdrop to teach her favorite books. And the first book that I taught was actually because I was, my major was English literature, English and American lit. Uh, I taught them Huckleberry Finn. The space of imagination is a universal space which is based on curiosity. The great Gatsby. We want to know about others. Uncle Tom's cabin. It is so bloody boring to constantly talk about yourself. 
Zora Neale Hurston, write about yourself, teach about yourself, read about yourself. Toni Morrison. We want others to come and interpret us. Herman Melville, Jane Austen, and to have a dialogue and discourse with us. James Baldwin, one of my most beloved writers. And through that discourse with others, we become empathetic. We become them. Outside the walls of the university, there's a revolution happening. And against the backdrop of this revolution and new orders from the regime, Azar started using literature as a tool. She wanted her students to really think about the books she was assigning. If you want to talk about freedom of choice, you go to the novel. At the center of most great books, there is a woman who says no. Okay, so she's just given her first test to this class. Milestone for her as a young teacher. But as she sits down to see what her students have written, she realizes it's the same thing over and over. No, they haven't cheated. They've all just copied Azar, regurgitated their teacher's opinions back to her. And, and I got very angry. So I went to class and I started, you know, telling them off and telling them that I don't want to hear myself. I want to hear you. So all the students shrink away, except for one, Razier. And she looked very serious. She had long, thin face with huge eyes. I, I think of sparrows when I think of Razier. And she came to me and she said, I thought you, you were different. You know, I thought you understand. All their lives they have been told that authority is important. They have been told not to talk about their own feelings and emotions and ideas, that they are inferior. And she said, I didn't understand that how afraid they were of me as, as a teacher. And so they thought that they were doing what I wanted them to do. Azar is impressed with Razier. And Razier is like a sponge for everything Azar knows about books. So they become friends. I am a flirtatious kind of person, and she was a serious kind of person. So, but we got along famously. The class would end and she would walk with me down, uh, down the stairs, and we would go around the garden and we would talk. And then I discovered that Razier has fallen in love with Henry James. James was one of the writers that you could teach and the regime didn't know how dangerous he was. They, they don't understand that these writers are not politically subversive. They are just subversive. Their conversations outgrow the garden. And sometimes the two of them would leave the university and walk down the dusty alley to the main street, talking about everything they'd read. Razier would try and stretch the time to make it fit her love of books. 
I loved her frankness. I loved the fact that uh, she was thoughtful. She, she thought about things. She was curious about uh, life in general and uh, literature in particular. Uh, and I liked the fact that she liked to be an independent woman. Razier, for me, breaks all the uh, misconceptions about what a Muslim person should be. You don't expect a girl who's covered head to toe to love a fictional woman like Daisy Miller, who was known for her flirtations, you know. But she did. She did. The school year comes to an end, so Razier and Azar go their separate ways. They talk about visiting, but it never happens. Then one day, Azar is walking down the street, and she sees Razier walking toward her on the other side of the road. So Azar starts to cross the street to say hello. But she sees a look in Razier's eyes, a silent sign that said, no, don't come over here. You can't talk to me. Uh, those were very dangerous times when the regime was um, arresting and uh, killing a lot of uh, people, especially uh, from the opposition. And Razier belonged to an opposition group. And uh, Razier's opposition group was a group that um, uh, she also had some criticism of and I uh, really disapprove of. Uh, they were called Mujahideen and they were armed. If uh, Razier was uh, seen with me, uh, then I would be implicated as well. That's the last time Azar and Razier see each other. Eight years later, Azar is once again teaching at university, and a woman comes up to her after class. I recognized her as one of my students at the University of Tehran. She was a leftist, and she used to wear Che Guevara-style clothing, like khaki pants and T-shirts, you know. Now what do I see? A girl who's very somber, uh, who's pregnant, and who's wearing a ch black chador covering her from head to toe. And uh, it was such a shock to me uh, to, to, to see her like that. Uh, and then she told me that she had been to jail. She told me that she was in the same cell with Razier. Azar had never known what happened to Razier. And she was shocked to hear that Razier had been imprisoned. And that um, they talked about my classes. And she said, I talked about the great Gatsby. And she told me about James. And she said, we laughed. Then she told me, you know, they executed her. At that moment, there were two feelings. One was utter shock and anguish, and the other one was um, anger, rage. I still feel outraged when I talk about her. And I thought, 
I learned something from Razie that when she's at death's door, when she has no hope of coming out of jail alive, uh, even then when she has no choice, she makes a choice. I mean, how you go to your death becomes a choice. Will you go as a victim? Will you go as someone who regrets? Or will you go as some, the way Razier did? The regime would want someone like Razier to feel afraid. Instead, she feels her last days with her best memories. She thinks of Henry James. So she goes to her death celebrating life celebrating imagination. That makes me feel amazed at her. She was my teacher. Tell Them I Am is presented by Higher Ground Audio and Spotify and produced by Dustlight Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Misha Youssef. The executive producers at Higher Ground Audio are Dan Fearman, Mukta Mohan, and Anna Holmes. Janae Maribel is editorial assistant. From Dustlight Productions, Mary Knopf is our executive producer. Ariana Garib Lee and Jonathan Shiflett are our producers. Arwen Nix is our editor. Valeria Alarcone is our apprentice. This episode was written by me and Arwen Nix. It was sound designed by Arwen Nix. Valentina Rivera is our engineer. David Leinard is our composer and made our gorgeous original music. Emin Ahmed is our illustrator and the creator of our episodic art. Elizabeth Goodspeed made our amazing series tile art. Special thanks to Rachel Garcia, our development and operations coordinator. From Spotify... Executive producers are Daniel Eck, Don Ostroff, and Courtney Holt. This podcast was originally a production of LAS Studios. <laughs>